welcome to Game Sense, brought to you by Rookie Me Central. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. Joining me today for another Nably Girls edition of the show is Chief Editor Peter Williams. How are you today, mate? Yeah, looking forward to it. We had a really big weekend of footy, so uh, getting stuck into it in this is going to be really good. This is definitely going to be really good. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, after a bumper, seven games of NAB League Girls action on the weekend. We'll run you through all of the results. We'll also chat to Gold Coast Suns Academy assistant coach Brad Matheson and player Caitlin Thorne before previewing the next round of action. So stay tuned. All right, we're going to get stuck straight into our round seven recap and run through each game one by one. First one, of course, saw Dandenong Stingrays 9-3-57 defeat the Sandringham Dragons 5-7-37 under Friday night lights at Peter Williams Local. So um, tell me, mate, how'd that one go down? Yeah, it was a bit of a wet game, really. Um, it was threatening to, uh, you know, pour down at different stages, but uh, in the end, we were pretty lucky. It was only raining a little bit at the start and then sort of just came on and off, but um, when we got to the action, obviously Sandy had the uh, the breeze in the first quarter and got away to a five-point lead, pretty similar to how Easton had against Danny Nong. Um, and though Sandy fought for a bit, it was pretty much Danny Nong. You could tell from then on, once they sort of hit the front, they weren't going to relinquish it. Um, they they kind of kicked quite a few goals consecutively. Uh, and I think just at the end, they kind of blew it out um, by a fair bit. They got out to 34 at one stage and then sort of, Sandy kicked the last two of the game to get back within 20. So uh, I think from a, a game perspective, it wasn't overly surprising that, that Danny Nong won, but it was great to see Sandy sort of fighting and right to the final siren to get those couple of consolation goals, really. Um, and, like, if you look at some of the better players, you've got Mac Erdley um, in defence again, superb. Uh, Olivia Robinson and Charlotte Blair were really, really good. Um Felicity Crank again uh, and Amber Clark was able to hit the scoreboard not quite as accurate as she could have been but still did pretty well and um, for Sandy it was the usual suspects in uh, Coyne, uh, Hurley and Hipwell who all found plenty of the ball and uh, impressed to try and get them over the line. And you mentioned Emma Clark there. Of course, we thought she was pretty much done for the year after last week when she uh, went off really, really early in the game. Um, any signs of that injury there? Was she taped up? Did she look any, um, I guess, below her usual best? Oh, she looked um, like obviously didn't look 100%, but she was um, still, you know, fairly active across the ground. Uh, I think like even her not quite at 100% was uh, looking pretty good. I don't think there was any signs of her having any serious injury anyway. It might have just been a bit of a knock and there was some taping there. But um, I guess for someone uh, who runs as fast as she does, it's probably good to have any taping um, to try and stop anything sort of popping out with knees and ankles and everything. But um, yeah, no, it was great to see her back out there and uh, firing really. Absolutely. It's also good to see Gippsland Power back at home at Churchill once more, taking on the Eastern Rangers, although the Rangers 5-6-36 defeated them 1-3-9. Um, yeah, as I said, out at Churchill, so you, you had a nice little road trip out there. Um, what did you take out of the game? Obviously, the Rangers had a few players out. Yeah, it was it was a very scrappy contest, I think it's fair to say. Um, look, the Rangers, you know, Bridget Deed, um, and Isabel Curry went up to the VFLW. Uh, Mia Bush was rested and sort of ran water. Of course, Alicia Pisano, unfortunately, injured herself last week. Um, so they were without quite a few, and even uh, uh, I think it was Scarlett Potter was um, out of the team late. So um, they were missing quite a few of their sort of, I guess, 
more impressive performers this year. So it was a good test to see how their second side, if you like, or the second tier of players really stepped up. And um, Laura Stone continued her fantastic form. She um, was really, really impressive um, throughout the four quarters. And, and for me, she was best on ground. Uh, I, I thought there were, you know, a few that sort of stepped up uh, that perhaps weren't um, always uh, amongst the best with those better players in. I thought there were quite a few who got some good minutes in. So, like, I mean, if you look through there, Molly Patterson managed to have 16 touches, which was really good for her. Um, I thought the the ruck combination, Jacinda Hose won a ton of it. Uh, obviously there with Mia Austin uh, and Jess Vukic as well. Ava Campbell at halfback was superb. She really stepped up. She was the only leadership group member. Uh, Charlie Granville was one who uh, looked classy up forward and was one of the better players as well, kicking a couple of goals. And look, if you look at Gippsland, um, they looked really good early. Unfortunately, they lost Ash Centra, who uh, I guess anyone who's listened to the podcast knows um, they're a big fan of what she's capable of doing. An under-16s player, obviously, just turned 16 this year. Um and like she had to, she didn't come back after halftime. So hopefully it's nothing serious, but um, yeah, she missed the second half of the game. And, and then we saw the likes of, you know, Amber Shute and uh, Alicia Molesworth and, and Sunday Brisbane, even Gemma Burst. They, they all won 20 plus touches, which is um, unusual for Gippsland. Obviously they only lost the disposals by 11, um, but you know, they laid way more tackles, a high tackling game, 125 to 114. So, and you definitely felt all of them when you were watching it. Um, and they actually won the inside 50s, 29 to 28, which, uh, yeah, they haven't done since the Rebels, and they got a lot closer in this one. So full credit to them. And, um, yeah, I think it was definitely a, a better performance from Gippsland as a whole. But, um, yeah, obviously you've got to take into account those that were missing from Eastern. And, of course, the Rangers now, they've still only lost to Danny Knox. So back on the winner's list there in a good way. Next game, though. Call to Cannons, keep getting it done. 4-7-31, they down Tasmania, 4-3-27. A bit of a thriller there. Uh, I believe they were down at, uh, at halftime and three-quarter time. They, they, yeah, as I said, managed to get it done. Yeah, definitely. It was a, b- a bit of That's a, incorrect, by yeah. the way, just three-quarter time. But yeah. yeah, continue. Yeah, don't worry, I was going to correct you there. Um, but yeah, they basically kept swapping. Uh, Tassie were in front at quarter time, then Calder at halftime, Tassie at uh, three-quarter time again, then Calder pipped them at the post. So... Um, that, that was really great work by, you know, the Cannons and sort of Chloe Perpick again kicked the winning goal. Uh, I guess it was still, you know, they midway through the quarter, they had 10 minutes left, but she put them in front and, uh, you know, goals are golden on the weekend because it wasn't the best conditions regardless of uh, whether you're Victoria or Tasmania. So um, full credit to them. It was a, a challenging day and, yeah, they just keep getting it done. It doesn't really matter, you know, where it is or, or what happens. They've, they've passed the litmus test against the... The Devils, who've been a very, very good side this year, they they had the more inside 50s, so they looked really impressive there. And despite the um, Tasmania Devils uh, dominating the hitouts and Charlie Vandenberg uh, breaking the hitouts to advantage record, um, yeah, like they did really, really well across the board. So like Claire Ransom and, and Madison Brazendale again were quite impressive through that midfield. Brooke Barwick had 20. Um, Priya Bowing and, and Megan Gaffney again, they just keep racking up the stats. You look at um, Calder, they had a really even team performance, but again, they're the same sort of names we've highlighted all year. Reese Sutton continued her great form. Um, she had 20 and, and eight tackles as she does. Uh, Amy Gaylor is another, you know, uh, bottom major that's worth keeping an eye on. Amy, um, Abby McDonald, of course, and Marley McLeod, Tully Reid, like the overages there, those couple. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite a good time for Calder because they're really setting themselves. They've obviously got 
Western Jets on th- uh, Thursday. So realistically, it uh, that's going to potentially decide the the second spot in the Metropole. So it's a huge, huge clash. Absolutely, that is. We'll get to that later, but continue with our round seven recap with the Geelong Falcons victory over GWV. That one, of course, reading nine nine sixty three to four four twenty eight, and the Falcons, another team that keeps getting it uh, done, Pete. Yeah, they do. They've uh, yeah, they they were only just up at halftime. It was a pretty again like like all the games really because the conditions was a bit scrappy. Um, you know, it was only that sort of nineteen to nine ten point difference uh, at halftime, and they sort of kicked away in that third term with five goals to one, and that was realistically the difference in that match. So, uh, I, I mean, Michael, you sort of checked this game out. Who did you sort of see as the top performers between the sides? Oh, look, I'm glad you asked, mate. I did, of course, watch this game. Um, we saw Molly Walton for GWV have a, another 29 disposals, of course, matching her feet last week, and 26 of them were kicks. So, um, we know the sort of method she likes. She's uh, trying to carry the ball a little more, which is positive. Um, obviously, Talia Mayer, as well with uh, three goals from 19 touches was pretty handy. Um, I really like Jessica Wrench over the last few weeks. Um, obviously, her brother Josh won the Morish medal last year, so um, a good bit of pedigree there. And um, I thought Chloe Stevens was pretty good down back as well, had a good job on Annalie McKee. Look at Geelong, though. Um, plenty of contributors across the park. Of course, Keely Hardingham, uh, pretty dominant ruck, 25 touches. Joanna Sunderland down back, uh, providing good fold. They had Dowling run through the middle. Same with uh, Sarah Howley. Ash Van Loon was back. Um, so, yeah, plenty of contributors there, and their forward line was working really, really nicely. They had, um, I believe, they had Kara Stacey and Layla Owens kick two goals each. So, um, yeah, good all-round performance from the Falcons. They'll be pretty solid. And, of course, 2-0 and against GWV this year. So good going for them, a 35-40 and 40 point win over the Rebels. Um, but the next game, another all-country clash, um, saw Bendigo 0-9-9 go down to Murray 6-9-45, Pete. Um, really blustery conditions, to say the least, in this game. Yeah, they definitely went with the two styles uh, of play, you know, between the Bushrangers and, and the Pioneers. Um, look, just off the top of my head, I think the Bush Rangers were kicking at about sixty three point eight percent, and um, the Pioneers kicked at fifty four point two. Just so, off the top of your yeah, head, just, yeah. Just a rough off the top of my head. Um, cool. So, but no, like I mean, they had the two different styles. Clearly, uh, Bush Rangers went for the the kicks, uh, and they were over trying to clear more distance. Where uh, the Pioneers went to run the ball, which you often see the two contrasting styles in windy or wet conditions. Whether they want to hold onto the ball for longer or just try and gain distance. So. Obviously, in this scenario, the distance won. Um, they had 18 more inside 50s, uh, and obviously the Pioneers didn't kick a goal. Nine behind, that's a lot of misses. So, um, again, Michael, just give us a bit of a rundown into uh, what you thought of the game. Man, I'm so glad you asked. Um, yeah, look, I, I did check out this game as well. Obviously, Zali Goldsworthy is always a standout. Pretty much every time she plays, she was probably best to field again here for Murray. 27 touches, 1-2. Um, just love her aggro around the ball. She's so tough. Um, also laid 14 tackles, which would have been around high in pretty much any other round. Um, but of course, we saw that um, competition record broken this week. Um, her aside, Zara Hamilton continues to impress. She was back out on a wing. Cassidy Mailer started really, really well. And Keely Skepper, of course, we know how she, how good she is. Um, you know, her, her sort of punchy kicks were, were good at getting through that wind. And then Mindy Quaid kicked three goals up forward uh, for Bendigo. Obviously, always impressed with Lucia Painter. She um, she was off half back this week. Same with Octavia Di Donato, and, and those two were two of the top ball winners. 
Um, Drew Ryan, the top ball winner for Bendio. She had 22 touches. was pretty handy. Tegan Williams up forward, three behind, so um, ended up with a third of her side score. Um, so, yeah, probably, look, the scoreboard doesn't really reflect, I think, the flow of the game, but, um, yeah, nine, nine behind is pretty poor and um, unfortunate, I guess, in the end for Bendigo. Um, and they're another side that's 0-2 against a, a fellow country region this year. But we'll move on um, to the two games that saw, of course, the Queensland Acad- Academies, if I can get that out, enter the fray. The first one was the Western Jets 4-4. 13-38, defeating Brisbane Lions 0-2-2. So another goalless team, Pete. Um, yeah, what was the what was the sort of story of this match? Yeah, well, we sort of suspected this because uh, obviously Brisbane losing to Gold Coast, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and back in September, back-to-back games. Uh, I, I think we sort of surmised that Gold Coast had the stronger outfit and obviously Western being the stronger outfit compared to Oakley this season. We thought it may well go this way and... Maybe the conditions made it really difficult, particularly obviously for goal scoring, as you can sort of see from Western kicking 4-14 and um, Brisbane only getting the two behinds because if we look at sort of the, the stats, they had 20 inside 50s and, um, you know, they, they were able to rebound it. The Jets were able to rebound it out of the Brisbane 50, 19 of those times. So that's pretty efficient from their defenders. Uh, full credit to the Lions laying 116 tackles, which was... Uh, as much as the tackle fest over in Gippsland. So that was really, really impressive. But uh, yeah, it looked like the Jets were a bit too uh, bit too strong on the day, weren't they, Michael? Yeah, I actually checked this one out as well, Pete. So thanks for throwing there. Um, obviously, Montana Ham, look, she's in the team of the week, spoiler alert. Um, she's going to be in there most weeks anyway. But yeah, she led all comers for the Jets and was fantastic on the inside. Her sort of size and, and dynamism really suited the style of, of game that was played. Um, Charlotte Baskerin kicked the first goal of the game and, and was, I mean, probably below her usual lofty heights, but still very, very good. A um, couple of underages, Sierra Greaves, Lulu Field, they were good at either end of the ground. And then you had uh, Laura Elliott down back, I think took about a handful of marks and was pretty steady intercepting. Um Brisbane, we know, Pete obviously alluded to there, their inside game is pretty good. They, they tackle well. Uh, and then midfielders, you look at Smith, Mullins, Seaton, um, Davies and Roy, they all had so many tackles among them um, and were really hard at the contest. They just probably didn't have the class away from the contest to, to really challenge Western. And um, I mean, they were blown away in the end. Western kicked 4-14. If it was 14-4, it would have been... Obviously, needless to say, a, a bit of a smashing. So, um, yeah, not quite up to the level. They had a really, really good test, um, and Western's a great side. So, a bit of a baptism of fire for the Lions coming into the NAB League. But, um, yeah, they still showed a bit. They're, of course, rivals over in Queensland, played as well this week in the NAB League girls' competition, but they had a win. So, the Gold Coast Suns, 4 5 29, defeated reigning premiers Oakley, 2 2 14, Peter. And you were at this game, so you can recap it in full for us, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, yeah, tell us, tell us everything, mate. Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to speak. Um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, look, I, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, I thought it was the, the most enjoyable of the three I watched, purely because, you know, you, you finally got to see a team that you'd watched online uh, against, you know, their other Queensland representative. But now to sort of compare it to the Vic team, we know Oakley were an incredibly strong side last year. They, they're they not quite at that level this year. But I was glad to see that their their top liners, you know, Jazz Fleming, Charlotte Taylor, were still in the, in the team. Um, and it was quite clear that Gold Coast had done a lot of work into Jazz Fleming and, and to a lesser extent, Charlotte Taylor. They were the two that they really wanted to nullify, if you like. 
Um, and look, Fleming still ended up with the sort of 29 touches and 10 tackles, three inside 50s and four rebound 50s. But, you know, at the end of the day, she looked more flustered than she normally does. She never usually looks too flustered. She's usually such an elite kick off that right boot and she just didn't have her time and space. And, I mean, she even missed a goal going 15 metres in, uh, which she'd never do in, in a normal game. So, And that's nothing against her. She's an absolute outstanding ripper player. But that's full credit to Gold Coast for sort of implying that pressure so much around the ball that um, she she was quite nervous around there. So, I mean, if you sort of look at outside of her, Maggie Marnie, I thought, was their best. She really stood out. Uh, of course, younger girls still got a bit of time in the system. Um, and, and Taylor, at the end, had that 17 touches, gave away seven free kicks against, which is uh, quite, a, quite a number. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's sort of that uh, either getting caught or, or frustration setting in. Um, and you look across the board, then Lily Hart, Van der Vlees, um, again, the, the usual ball winners won plenty of it. But, you know, this is all about Gold Coast. They were absolutely superb. Their midfield group, I've said it's quite strong for a while now. You look at G, Evans and, and Smith, they're, they're such a good combination there. Fleur Davies rucking, that's a really strong four. Um, and the flexibility with the Brisbane, obviously, we know Brisbane's got uh, inside midfielders as well when they combine for Queensland. Um, so it means that some of these will probably go outside. Like I know Jazz Smith will mostly be wing anyway, um, but Alana G has the potential to go to the wing. Or, um, you know, Imogen Evans kicked a goal and, you know, was able to spread around the ground. So they're all very, very versatile, these midfielders. And um, it was really, really impressive. Obviously, Alana G won our player of the week. You know, 34 touches, four marks, five tackles, seven inside 50s and two rebound 50s. Just superb. Imogen Evans, again, great look. That's only her second game in about, you know, eight months. So that was full credit to her. Really stepped up. 22 touches, five marks, five tackles, and kicked a goal. Um, and Jazz Smith, again, 23 touches, was great with a four inside 50. So, uh, yeah, full credit to them. Um, and, yeah, Fleur Davies, of course, through the ruck and forward, kicked a goal from 11 touches. So, um, yeah, I just think they really dominated, uh, particularly through that midfield part. Uh, like, well, you look at the hitouts. I, I said in the preview that... Uh, Gold Coast were going to win this, you know, pretty comfortably. And it was 55 to 6 in the end, which is pretty one-sided. So um, good on them. They took advantage of it. And, uh, yeah, they, they really took it up to the Chargers and, and beat them. Uh, not on, quite on their home deck, but in Victoria. So a uh, very impressive game. Absolutely it was. And, Pete, you were lucky enough to speak to a couple of sons on the weekend after that victory. So, obviously, Brad Mas- Matheson, excuse me, assistant coach, and Caitlin Thorne, who was part of that win, uh, chatted to you so we'll throw to those interviews now and after the break we'll both be back to chat about round eight and preview the four games there wanted to get a bit of an insight into your thoughts in the uh, on the game yeah look it was great we were really happy with the, with the girls we knew it was uh, it was going to be a tough they've only it's only their second game together as a group so um you know if we to travel all this distance and come up against a, a class side like that we were we were really happy the way they dug in yeah, perfect. And, and obviously, you know, a, a bit of a breeze going on there today. How do you sort of, I guess, deal with that uh, when you get here? Yeah, it was in the end, it was four really different quarters, wasn't it? So um, obviously we got up and about early. We had that bit of a breeze behind us. And then, uh, you know, we really had to battle hard. And, and Oakley certainly really raised the bar in that second quarter and, and turned the game around a little bit. But um, actually, our credit, we got back into the game in the third quarter. And then, look, it was going to be whoever dug deep in that last quarter. And, you know, we had a few girls out there that were willing to stand up. And um, we're pretty happy with that. Yeah, awesome. And who do you sort of see as some of the uh, top contributors from today? Uh, I think the, the pleasing thing today was it was a really good really good mixed performance girls played in different positions you know, um, you know young Tara Harrington sort of started off in the back line and then she really stood up at the end of the game on the wing 
you know, we had uh, Caitlin Miller starting up in the forward line, really, uh, really got a lot of the footy and then pushed through the middle and played on the wing as well. So, you know, I think that there was a lot of really even contributors and it'll be, uh, it'll be great to have a look back at the footage and, and really see who stood out. Yeah, perfect. And uh, what kind of differences did you find between playing, obviously, Brisbane a few weeks back and, and now Oakley? What kind of differences between the Queensland and, uh, say, Victorian footy do you find? Uh, I thought that, um, that Oakley were really good movers of the footy and we watched a bit of footage, obviously, and we could see that they transitioned from defence into attack really well. So uh, you know, I, th- I think it was just a real challenge for the girls to uh, to take on a different opposition. Obviously, they've grown up over the years playing against the Lions a fair bit against each other. So uh, they're obviously familiar with a few of the players there. But to get a to get a group that they were totally unfamiliar with, it was a good challenge, and, and our girls had to adjust and, and work out their matchups as best they could. Yeah, perfect. And from here, what's the sort of step? Obviously, got to dash back to the airport and then uh, get yeah. back to. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, it's a quick uh, shower and recovery for the girls, and back on the flight this afternoon. And then uh, obviously, with the weather we've had in C- um, southeast Queensland over the last couple of weeks, we've got a, a game reschedule against the Lions. So recovery session tomorrow night, back on the track on uh, on Wednesday, and start prepping for the, the Lions on Sunday. Perfect. No worries. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks very much. So, Caitlin, just give us, a, I guess, a bit of a rundown into your thoughts on today's game. Oh, I thought it was so crazy. It was just lots of fun, and it was actually a really hard hit out. So I think we all did really well, both teams, actually. Yeah, it was a good contest, you know? Yeah. yeah. And how do you sort of adapt to the conditions? Obviously, a bit wet to start the day. Yeah, it was a bit cold as well. It got us a little bit, but no, it was fun. It was good. It's like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, perfect. And what do you sort of see the difference between, say, playing the Lions a couple of weeks back and, and now playing Oakley? Oh, Oakley's much harder, <laughs> but um, nah, it's a good contest, everyone's good, so yeah, it's just more competitive, I think, yeah. yeah. And how did you find your own personal game? Yeah, we all did good, yeah, nah, it was good, yeah. And, and just for you in general, what do you sort of see as some of your strengths on the field? Oh, probably my marking, kicking and maybe the aggression at the ball, maybe, yeah. yeah. Perfect, and what are you sort of looking to improve on at the moment? Oh, probably ground balls. <laughs> um, and just, I'm new to the back line, so I'm just learning the back a bit more. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, I guess from here, lo- looking forward to sort of getting stuck into Brisbane again um, yeah. and then go- going from there. Yeah. Should be a good game. Yeah. Can't wait. And then hoping to make Queensland side then? Yeah, hope so. Yeah. yeah. Best hopes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. No, that's pretty much it. So thank that was our very own Peter Williams chatting to Gold Coast Suns assistant coach Brad Matheson and player Caitlin Thorne. But now... We're going to preview all of the Round 8 action, of course, a pretty condensed round, and we've got NAB League boys testing on the Saturday, so had a bit of a fixture change, a bit of a shuffle from Friday night so everyone can get their night's sleep and uh, be ready to go in the morning on Saturday, but we've got two Thursday night fixtures, the first one, Pete, being the quarter cannons taking on Western Jets at Highgate Recreation Reserve at 7 p.m., um, how's this one going down? Obviously, a very important game uh, in the context of the Metro Pool. Oh, absolutely. Like, in terms of the way I look at it, I think that both these teams, um, the winner of this game effectively takes second. If we look at the the matches coming up, the, in, there's only two rounds after this, of course. The Jets have the Rebels and the Rangers. You'd think they'll beat the Rebels, obviously, but then the Rangers will be tougher, where the Cannons have the Dragons uh, and the Chargers. And you'd think that they'll probably beat the Chargers, but the Dragons might be a bit tricky. So they're sort of in the almost identical boat in the final two rounds. So realistically, this game will determine uh, who takes that second spot. So 
for me, I feel like the Jets might be going a little better just because I think they're winning by a bit more in each of their games. But every time we sort of write the cannons off, I think they're not going to win. They just get it done. And it is at home. They obviously know the ground brilliantly, although I guess all the teams would because they play there that often. Um, but, yeah, look, full credit. I think it's going to be a great battle. Um, but I think if Jets get on top of the midfield, I'm, I think they'll get up. But I think it'll be a real tight one because Colter just make it uh, really tight games. Yeah, I tend to agree, though. I think the Western Jets midfield is too good. Um, if Ham and Basker are in play, they're pretty much winning the clearance count most weeks. So I think that's going to prove telling and they'll um, they'll get up over the cannons even though they uh, they make it a good game every time. Um, also on Thursday night, though, at 7.30pm at the Linen House Centre is the Dandenong Stingrays taking on the Oakley Chargers. Of course, they had a couple of good games last year and um, do you think it's going to be the same this time around or a, a little different, Pete? Uh, I think what will happen is it'll be tight till half time, and then Dandy Nong will put the foot down and, and run away with it. Um, look, they, they do that with every game. Like it's almost so predictable because even watching against the the Dragons, you're sort of waiting for it. They've they've just got that extra gear that the other teams don't seem to have. Uh, Eastern um, really pushed them though in that game, so full credit to them. I think that they're close to that. Um, the Chargers have some absolutely outstanding quality, but the the Stingrays depth is going to get them. So. I think they'll have more than enough to sort of match the, you know, Fleming and Taylor combination there, um, just because I think the Stingrays just have that that greater depth and rotation through the midfield, whether it be Clark or Shepard or Crank or, you know, even Erdley, who's who's pushed through to the midfield at times. Um, they've just got so many players. And then you've got your Olivia Robinsons, your Taylor Gats. And like, there's all these players at the start of the year you knew about, but have really stepped up and, and contributed in a big way. So... Um, yeah, I just think they've got too much depth. And it, honestly, it's hard to see them losing a game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to the Stingrays. Bit of Mick Malthouse about that statement there. <laughs> but, um, no, I do agree. I think Danny and I will get up in this game. But that leaves us with a bit of a wait until Sunday where the Eastern Rangers take on Tasmania Devils at Kilsyth Recreation Reserve at 1.30 p.m. Um, yeah, I mean, more footy is good on Sunday. Who's going to take this game? Yeah, well, this is a must-win for Tasmania because mm. now with Geelong uh, effectively sitting in that spot, um, they need to win to basically match the the Falcons in there. So if they lose, I think it's it's Geelong's spot um, in that finals in the country pool. So they need to win. For Eastern, they're a bit more comfortable. I think they'll just get it done from here. Like I'd, It'll be interesting what their lineup is. And Eastern do play Geelong next week. So that's going to be another crucial one where the Devils, well, they played Daniel in the last round. So we can pretty much, well, yeah, they're pretty even as a whole. Um, but yeah, the Devils also play the Pioneers uh, there in the next round. And the Falcons also play the Pioneers. So it crosses out. But um, in this game, I think, look, I think if the teams are the same as last week, Tasmania will win. But if the Rangers bring back their players, then they're going to be a real problem at this game. So, again, it's it's on the fence, but team selection, Eastern if they bring them back, Tassie if they don't. Well, I'm going to be a little more definitive and not get a splinter, um, and I'll pick Tasmania in this game purely on the basis of, of last week. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's about... The one that that's, lost or? They did lose, yeah. but um, and, and Eastern won. But yeah. looking at the teams, as you said, I think uh, Tasmania is arguably stronger. Mm. Um, so if they carry that, then sure, I'll take them. Um, on Monday, though, Northern Knights and Sandringham Dragons round out the... Well, it's not even the weekend at that point, but the weekend's action. Um, of course, that one at Parade College at 4 p.m. on a Monday, which is going to be grouse. But um, look, we love the footy and we'll be there. So, Pete, how do you see this one paying out? 
or yeah. playing out. Yeah. No, I, I see you're going to probably see a lot of familiar faces there at your old stomping ground there. Correct. Um, <laughs> um, so we've both got some close to home. Uh, look, Knights will be good coming off a, a break. They probably need a, a bit of a break. Um, I mean, they did break through that win. Uh, they, they were right in form, mate. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, no, they'd, they'd, won, they'd won the game right before. So, um, look, they might be going for another one here uh, against the Dragons. But in saying that, I think the Dragons are doing enough. Look, um, it was really difficult against the Stingrays, especially in the conditions. So, I think I'd give them a pass for that one. Um, prior to that, uh, you you know, they were in good form. They obviously smashed um the power and everything and looked really dangerous i again similar to the stinger i think they're just going to have a bit too much depth across the board uh and yeah so i'm going to go with the uh, the away team the dragons here i'm going to go with the northern knights to make it two wins in a row and on that bombshell that is all we have time for in the latest edition of game sense pete thank you for joining me today mate yeah it's been uh, incredibly enjoyable seems that way and i'm glad to hear it of course, we'll have our usual coverage over on central.rookieme.com slash AFL for all the players and teams mentioned today. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Our usual AFLW and Women's State League pod will not be out this week. We've had a bit of a casualty, but of course, that'll be out next week for you to tune in if that's what you're after. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Draft Central Oz so you never miss a beat. I've been your host, Michael Alvaro. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in next time.